0: Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T, and my guest today is Darcy Steiner. She served in the ministry as a teen and a women's ministry leader and assisted with church plants in Denver and Los Angeles. In 2001, she nearly lost her life after a debilitating fall, and during her recovery, she earned a Master of Science degree in holistic nutrition and implemented natural remedies into her diet that helped save her life. When she became disabled a second time after a foot injury in 2018, she turned her focus towards ministry again by writing her debut book and accompanying study guide, Beauty Beyond the Thrones, Discovering Gifts in Suffering. How are you doing today, Darcy?
2: I'm doing great, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's a, a joy.
1: Yeah, it's a blessing to have you here. So obviously, based on your history, you know, you've been involved in the church for a lot of years, even from a young age. So tell me about how you came into that place in your heart where you decided that ministry was the thing for you. Tell me about what led up to the point of you getting to know about God and bringing him in your life.
2: Sure. Thank you. I was raised in a home that taught me about God. I never have not known about God. So I'm very grateful for that. My parents were different religions. So that was somewhat, you know, difficult. When I became independent and went out on my own, I moved to Boulder, Colorado for a time. And I prayed as I was moving to Boulder that God would help me find a church. So I was driving around looking for what church I was going to go to one week and then the next week and then the next week and had that decided. And I had a job that weekend at an Albertsons and sold dad's root beer. I was one of those people that give away free samples. So this guy kept walking by and I thought that was so strange. And I was 20, you know, and he was cute. mm <laughs> But he asked me, he said, we're having this special get together this Sunday at our church. Would you like to come? So I took that as a message from God that that would be the first church that I would attend that weekend. And I did so. And they played volleyball. So, of course, that stole my heart. But the thing that stole my heart more was they used the Bible during service. And I hadn't grown up with that. That was new to me. And I loved it. And I fell in love with the word of God. And I didn't have a regular job. At that time. So I read my Bible a lot. I just remember starting in the New Testament, reading through Matthew, and I was blown away because there was so much in there that I never knew. And I was 20 years old and raised in the church. So the word of God really impacted my heart and I didn't go to another church. I just stayed there because I was happy and had some people study the Bible with me, was baptized and had a, a desire immediately to want to someday serve in the ministry.
1: So you said your family had two different religions or two different faiths. So what were they?
2: Lutheran and Catholic.
1: And did you find that a conflict for you when you were trying to understand who God really was from the different perspectives?
2: No, not really. Because since I was small, I just saw it in the conflict between my parents. I see. I saw that my mom really wanted to go to the Lutheran church, but she had to go to the Catholic church and she would go with us. But I saw the pull in her that she wanted to go to the Lutheran church. When you're young, you don't really understand what's going on, but you know that there's something.
1: But obviously, they both had a really strong faith in God.
2: Yes, they both loved God very much.
1: So your journey began at this church and branched out into some kind of ministry, so you being on fire for Christ and things like that. So tell me about that.
2: Okay. So I was in college, graduated two years later with a degree in psychology and was looking for a job and was offered a position in the church to be part-time teen ministry leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was a new church. So it was a small teen ministry. So I served half-time teen ministry, half-time administrative. Mm -hmm. And as the teen ministry grew, it became full-time Teen ministry. And I loved it. I loved it. And I was up all night and I fed teenagers a lot of Cheetos and (laughs) a lot of sleepovers. And yeah, it was it was a fun time and just love serving.
1: Where did you go from there?
2: Then I got married and my husband and I were asked to move to Los Angeles where we again served, not full time. Actually, we were volunteers for this church plant and we moved there. We weren't married yet. So it was hard on us with two rents and not having a job right away and that kind of thing. But we were part of this church plant in Los Angeles and this time with adults and led a Bible study and were asked to actually live in Beverly Hills. And we had no money. We Mm. had zero money. So believe it or not, we found this apartment. It was pink and (laughs) it was bug infested with water bugs and roaches, but it was in our price range.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So we moved into Beverly Hills. Yeah. 90210. (laughs) Oh, there you go.
1: What year would that have been?
2: We moved there in 1991. Okay. So
1: with the culture going on in California, that would have been an interesting Time and place to be ministering. How did you find that?
2: It was hard. It was very difficult because we lived through the Northridge Quake, the Los Angeles riot. There was a lot of flooding and, of course, fires. And so, you know, the earthquake was like God just was shaking us in the snow globe. Yeah. And Mark was holding on to me and I'm screaming and <laughs> yeah. just bouncing up and down. And, you know, there's shock waves that come afterwards. Those kept going on and they didn't know if that was the big quake, right? right. So yeah. we were waiting and waiting. Is there going to be another one? And I worked in a story building, you know, four stories up. And the building, it just kept feeling like it was just swaying, you know? Mm. And so that was different. The riots were the scariest part, however. You know, we would go out and we would see fires, just different fires and cars. There was looting. The atmosphere was crazy. It was like we lived in a different world.
1: So being strong in your faith would have felt God's protection and yes. uh, and some measure of His peace through that all anyway.
2: Well, and we went to some of these places to knock on doors and invite people meet Jesus. So we did take our faith with us. And that's part of why it was scary is because we did go into some of these places that were difficult. And we had some success. You know, we met some people I actually met. She wasn't a famous movie star then, but she is now. And so that was interesting, you know, but we we became best friends for four years and we were only there four years. And then she became a famous actress. Yeah, it was definitely different than Colorado.
1: So what led you to leave California and move back to Colorado?
2: I got pregnant and we knew we'd never be able to afford a home in California. And I was pregnant. Our families were back here. We wanted our daughter to know her grandparents. So we moved back to Colorado and live in the suburbs of Denver. It was a good choice. You know, we learned a lot in Los Angeles. I don't regret being there. It was a great time, a great time to bond our marriage. Mm -hmm. We had to rely on each other a lot and came back to Colorado and We've been here ever since.
1: And from there, were you still involved in the church when you came back to Colorado?
2: Yes, very much so. Again, not full-time, but with a lot of responsibility and kind of too much responsibility. I started having some health problems and realized I'm carrying too much weight. I'm responsible for too much. I have two small kids, so we had a second daughter. A lot of ministry responsibility. I had fibromyalgia, and I was always rushing. I was always running. And one day I ran up the stairs to get a CD to listen to, ran back down, but slipped on a piece of paper and fell. and it tumbled down the stairs. And at the bottom of the stairs was a baby gate. And of course, you know you're not thinking when you're tumbling down the stairs or you're thinking very quickly. And I yeah. I saw the baby gate as I'm tumbling, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to crash into that. So I hurtled over it. I don't know how, but it would have been better had I crashed through the baby gate because by hurtling it, I crashed into a wall, which flipped me and face planted me into the ground. And I injured my back very severely. So that ended me in bed for a couple of years. And while I was there, okay, so I had fibromyalgia and then the back pain. And because I had very little movement, I developed a syndrome called complex regional pain syndrome. And what that is, is it's, it's a severe nerve pain disorder. So I have severe muscle pain. I have severe nerve pain. I have back pain. And I have two small children that I cannot care for. Hmm. So my husband had to become mommy and daddy for a time, and that was hard. That was physical and emotional pain because I couldn't be the mom that I wanted to be. And started questioning God at that point. Like, why would you give me two kids, God, and then not let me raise them? Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of spiritual struggles then trying to figure this thing out. Why? why? You know, I just didn't understand. And I was trying everything in my power to get better. I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and they couldn't figure out how to help me. And... So at one point, I began pool therapy, which was a really, really good thing, warm water pool therapy for anybody with physical pain. And, you know, I began a nutrition program about three weeks prior to my fall. So I had these books, the first two years after my fall, I couldn't do anything, there was just too much pain. By the third year, I was able to sit up a little bit. So I read to try to help myself in these books. And little by little, I began seeing signs of improvement from implementing some of these nutritional remedies. So I kept reading and I kept improving. And a couple years later, I was in a wheelchair at this time instead of in bed. So it took me six years, but I earned my master's degree in holistic nutrition. And by that time, I was pain free. And it's really rare for someone with CRPS for it to go away. And God had used holistic nutrition, good foods that he made to help heal my body and the pool therapy. So these natural things that I was doing really helped me. And I was able to, with the help of my therapist, get off my pain meds, all but one, and my sleep medicine. So my life was now in a different place, serving also, but serving people nutritionally. I worked with some great clients, helped some kids through anorexia, worked with a lot of teens. So I found myself kind of back in the same place working with teens, but this time teaching sports nutrition at the high school. And it was a different kind of ministry, although God did use this ministry to help save some of these anorexic girls that I worked Mm -hmm. with. So that was a time of healing. And then I had another period of time for about eight years where I was a normal mom. I was able to go to school functions and be a mom again, which I loved, And God gave that back to me. But he had something else planned for my future that he gave me that was another gift that Mm -hmm. I didn't realize until recently. And that was another accident. And this time I was at my daughter's wedding and a chair slipped after the wedding, thankfully, but a chair, heavy wooden chair slipped and slid down the wall and hit my ankle, which brought up this CRPS again. So I guess once you have it, you're very likely to get it again. And Mm. that chair did it for me, another freak accident. And so I have CRPS again. And we thought that might be a sprained ankle that would last six weeks. And it has lasted three plus years now. I'm I'm unable to walk currently. Mm. I wrote a book when you sit (laughs) a lot. You sit, you need to have something to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, God's ways aren't our ways. And, you know, we just don't know what's going to be birthed out of suffering and circumstance and, you know, events and things like that in our lives, right? Some are self-inflicted and others are inflicted by things in our environment around us. So how was your faith through the second injury was did you see Thank a different did you see a difference between where your faith was going through your first injury and your faith the second time through
2: most definitely and it wasn't immediately because again i asked god why you know why twice I mean, wasn't once enough, you know, not walking for five years. And now it's been three plus years. And the first couple of years were terrible, excruciating pain, just like the first mm. time around. And I could do nothing. I, I couldn't even watch a movie because I had pain throughout my entire body. So I couldn't get my body situated to where I was comfortable. And my husband had to care for me. He's self-employed, so he has his own company, thankfully. But he took care of me around the block. Mm -hmm. And had he not, I would be somewhere in assisted living, probably. But so what happened was I began seeing these different things that God showed me. So I I felt very alone in my pain. I Mm -hmm. felt no one can understand me here, not even Mark. And Mark is an amazing man, amazing caregiver, and yet he couldn't be with me in these places that God took me. And only God could meet me in this darkness, Mm -hmm. in this space. And so I met him there, and I still meet him there. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one who's there, but it's an opportunity for me to go deeper with him and know him on a one-on-one basis. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, as a God who's the God of everyone, but who's with me in my darkness and I wrote some poems about it which I put in a book that I wrote but I saw this as a gift this was a gift that God gave me Mm -hmm. that he created space for me to be with him in this space and in this space he started showing more and more of himself he showed me that I had no perseverance to get through the next moment it came from God so this was a gift that God gave me How was I going to have hope for tomorrow? That was a gift. And so I started labeling all these things as gifts that God gave me. And I saw this disability is a gift because with this disability, I have learned about God things that I never knew. And I've learned to accept his adoration of me. I've learned about adoration Mm -hmm. and it's been a very personal relationship with God and I wouldn't give it back for anything. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from someone who can't walk. Right. And, you know, I think I'm even at a, place where if I don't and God chooses to leave me here I think I'm okay
0: mm-hmm.
2: because I trust him and what he's given through this disability if he has more to give to me through this or to other people even more importantly then I will stay here and God has used this to not only help me but to help other people mm-hmm. and that's a gift and so if he chooses you know to allow me to stay here I'm willing because I want to be a vessel it's more important to be a vessel than to be self-absorbed. And I'm afraid I would go back to that if I weren't here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some great spiritual insight into the rest that we can get by trusting God's plans instead of our own. So obviously that led to you writing your book. So tell me a little bit about your book.
2: Okay, it's called Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts and Suffering. So Paul had a thorn in his flesh, and God used him to write more books in the Bible than anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful. So beauty beyond the thorns, kind of where that came from. Jesus is our beauty beyond the thorns. We all have thorns. We all suffer. We all go through something, whether it's divorce, physical pain, financial trouble, you know, anything, any trouble. So I didn't want to be in the book. I didn't want to put my story in the book, but it ended up with my story in the book. But what I do is I parallel stories of, of in the Bible. So say a physical ailment, like the bleeding woman. Right. I talk about the bleeding woman and then I parallel it with part of my story or someone else's story that like that. Mm-hmm. And there's I talk about the man with the shriveled hand. There's mm-hmm. a lot of biblical healings that I talk about. Mm-hmm. And then my husband wrote a chapter on caregiving. So that's an important section. But yeah, some of it's about my journey. And then there's a lot of Los Angeles in there. I talk <laughs> about some of the the things that I learned during that time in Los Angeles, losing a job and then getting a job the same day.
1: <laughs> yep, for sure. So where is it available? Where can people find your book?
2: It's on Amazon only right now, and there's a study guide that goes with it. Mm -hmm. So that's sold separately, but yeah, on Amazon.
1: Okay, well, that's great. So if you were going to leave our audience with one thought about God.
2: I would say God is in the darkness. If you are in the darkness, God is there. And he is light, yes, But look at the cross. That's where light and darkness meet. So the cross is where the answers are. That's where the light comes from. Jesus is still your hope. Never give up. Even if you feel like God is not with you, he is. Even if you're in the dark, you take one step at a time daily. Never stop opening your Bible. In the scriptures, he can be found, especially in the red print. Read the red print in the Gospels and you will be closer to him as a result.
1: Yeah so very true yeah there's there's power in well there's power in the whole bible but you know the red words yeah there's songs Mm -hmm. about just reading the red words right (laughs) well that's that's awesome well thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your story it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and i hope that we can have you back another time
2: thank you johnny i enjoyed it so much
1: okay god bless you
2: thank you you too